With the help of Hashem, we are learning Bavakama Daf Ayin Gimel. We left off on Daf Ayin Gimel Amadalaf, eight lines from the top of the Amid by the two dots. Before we go on, let's quickly review. We learned yesterday the known machlekes between Abaya and Rava. Abaya holds aid zaymim lemafreya hunifsel. Being that the Torah tells us that in the case of Adam Zaymir, two witnesses testify, let's say, that Reuven killed Shimon. But in order for that testimony to be accepted, they have to tell the Beisdin where, when, etc., etc. So they gave away more or less where they were. For them to witness that Reuven killed Shimon, let's say, in Los Angeles, Monday morning, 6 a.m., that implies that the Adam were in Los Angeles, Monday morning, 6 a.m., to see that Reuven killed Shimon. If later two Aden come to Beisden, two other Aden come to Beisden, and they tell Beisden, listen, if Reuven killed Shimon or not, we don't know. What we do know is that the Aden were not in LA Monday morning, 6 a.m., to see what Reuven did to Shimon because the witnesses were with us in New York that Monday morning, 6 a.m. So the Torah believes the second group more than the first. The first group of witnesses are called Aden Zaymimim. And the trainer tells us that whatever they conspired, whatever they wanted to happen, to do to Reuven, in this case, Reuven would have gotten killed. The Aden get killed. Wow. Now, Abaya holds, since the trainer is telling us that we believe the second group of witnesses, so retroactively, all of the testimony that these same witnesses gave from Monday morning, 6 a.m., until they were found guilty in court of being Adam Zaymimim, all of their testimonies are retroactively nullified. They're liars. Rava holds, since it's a Kiddush, that the traitor believes the second group more than the first, because the truth is, the first group of witnesses are saying that they did see Reuven kill Shimon, Monday morning, 6 a.m. in L.A. So the second group is saying, you were with us in New York. They are basically saying, no, no we were in L.A. So normally the rule is when two witnesses, two sets of witnesses are clashing against each other regarding a testimony, two witnesses say, we saw Reuven killing Shimon. If two other witnesses would say, we know that Reuven did not kill Shimon, the traitor doesn't tell you which group to believe. They actually, so to say, cancel each other out. The fact that the traitor tells us that we do believe the second witnesses, says Rava, is a chiddish. And whenever the trader tells you a chiddush, the rule is So when Hashem says that we have to listen to the second group, okay. But that is only from now onwards. But we do not disqualify them retroactively. That was the Machlaikas Abayin Rava. I just want to also mention that Tresvis Abnaf Ayin Beis Ahmed Beis. Tresvis Divri Hamaschal Ein L'Chaboy Ela Meshaz Chadushu Ve'elach in the middle of the second to last large Tresvis, amongst the other topics, Tresvis asks a very important question. Why does Rav say that it's a Chiddush, that we believe the second group of witnesses? We did learn yesterday that if two witnesses come to Beisden and they testify regarding the persona of the first group, those were the witnesses, we know that they're robbers. In such a case, for sure, we believe the second group of witnesses. Because since a person is not believed to testify directly regarding themselves, I am not a kosher witness to go into Bezdin and to say, hey, Bezdin, I'm testifying that I'm kosher. doesn't work that way. So if the second group would directly disqualify the first group, they are robbers, we saw them rob, then they would be disqualified 
from when they robbed. So Taisva says, we have a logic, a halacha, which is also very logical, called migu, that when an aide comes to Beisden, if that person could have said a better testimony, which would have gotten the witness what they want to accomplish, done, then we say migu, they, if they would be liars, they would say even a better lie, so we believe them when they say what they are saying. Migu. So says why does Rava say that it's a chiddush that we believe the, Adam, the second group more than the first group? Why is it a chiddush to have a migu? If they wanted, they could have come to Bezdin and not say that the first group were with them in New York. They could have come to Bezdin and said, those two people, we saw them rob. So the fact that they didn't say that they're robbers, they did say, you witnesses, you were with us in New York, that should give them more trustworthiness. Again, if they would have been liars, they would have said a better lie. So it's not a chiddush. If it's not a chiddush, why does Rabbi say it's only become veil? To which Taisus gives two answers. Answer number one is that you only say migu when one person is testifying. God forbid, if I would be a liar, I'm saying one claim. So Bezden thinks to themselves, if I would be a liar, I would say a better claim. The fact that I didn't say something even better, so therefore they trust more what I am saying. But when two people come and say testimony, Bezden doesn't think that both of them would have thought of the same lie. For us to say, since they both didn't say a better lie, then we should accept what they're saying. You can't say migu on two people. So therefore, there is no migu. Another thing Taisus answers, a very important point, that the Torah establishes witnesses as the greatest birur, as the greatest medium of clarification as possible. Migu is a logic when Beisden doesn't know whether they should believe you or not. Are you saying the truth or not? So Beisden says, if you would have been a liar, you would have said a better lie. But all the Migu does is it gives what you are saying more credibility. Aden already has the max credibility possible. You can't have the Birur, the Ne'emanos of Aden plus. So even when you use Migu, but you have Aden. And again, the fact that the Aden are saying you were with us in New York, the first group were implying they were in LA. The first group is basically saying that we did see Reuven kill Shimon Monday morning 6 a.m. in LA. So again, Rava still says it's a chiddush that we believe the second over the first. In other words, migu doesn't work when it comes to compound the ne'emanos of migu with edus. The first answer of Taisus is implying that it does work. We just don't say it by two witnesses. And really, this Taisus is used by many achreinim, Rabbi Hanan, Wasserman, and many others to explain that there are two ways of understanding migu. Is migu a din of ne'emanos? It's like a bidur. Why will I believe you? Because if you would be a liar, you would say a greater lie. Or is migu a din? It's, it, it, it's not that it adds to your trustworthiness. There is a din in the Torah that when a person has a migu, we give them more credibility. If migu is an independent din, then yes, we could compound migu to, to Adis, which will be the opinion of the first answer of Taisvis. He only says migu doesn't work because you have to aid him. Second answer of Taisvis is that migu is nothing other than a reason to believe them. But Adem are already believed to begin with after they go through the interrogation. And you can't add to that. And now let's go to our Daf Ayin Gimel. Amadalaf again, eight lines from the top.
So again, we have the Machloika Sabaya and Rava. Eid Zaymim Lemafreya Hunifsal, which is Shita Sabaya. The Gemara just established, as we finished yesterday, that even though normally when Rava and Abaya have an argument, the Halacha is, like Rava, there are six exceptions. And to remember them, we have the abbreviation of Ya'al Kigam. And the ayin in the first word yal is eight, is this case. That here we pass him like abaya. Eight zoimim lemafreya honifsal. So now let's go back to our Mishnah. Tanan says the Gemara, we learned in our Mishnah, Gonav al Pishnayim, if two witnesses testify that someone stole an ox, Vitavachumachar al PM, and the same witnesses went ahead and testified that later they slaughtered, or later they sold that animal. So let's say, let's go Sunday, Monday. They testified that Sunday that person stole. And then they testified that on Monday that person slaughtered the animal. And the Mishnah said, If later these witnesses are found to be Zaymimim, they have to pay to the alleged thief five oxen because their testimony would have caused that thief to have to pay five oxen to the owner. And my love asks the Gemara, is it not that the sequence of events was Shehidu Alagneva? First they testified that that person stole. And then they testified that the person slaughtered. And then they became Zoimimim on the first testimony, on the Geneva. And then they became Zoimimim on the Tficha in this sequence, Geneva Tficha, Geneva Tficha. Now asks the Gemara, Gevaldik, If we're going to go with Abai's opinion, Hani, these witnesses, Kivan, the Itazmuluhu Ageneva, the moment they were found to be Zoymimim on their first testimony, the moment they are found to be Zoymimim, that really the alleged thief did not steal at all. And we are saying, like Abaya, that retroactively clarifies that when they came the next day to Bezdin, to testify that Reuven, not only did he steal, but on the next day, he slaughtered the animal. They were already non-kosher witnesses. So the question is, if non-kosher witnesses testify to something, and later they become Zaymimim, we're not going to punish them, because their testimony wasn't kosher to begin with. So if their latter testimony, now we know, wasn't a testimony, except wasn't a halachically accepted testimony, why would now they have to be penalized by paying not only the two, but like we spoke out yesterday, the additional three, totaling five, their second testimony already was not valid. Very good. So at that point as well, the guy didn't steal. Then, then, he, then, he, then he didn't check what's not his. That's part of the question. Their testimony. They were not kosher witnesses. Their testimony is irrelevant. Why would they pay? Very good. We learned this out yesterday. Good answers. This answer will answer both questions. It must be that in our Mishnah, when they came to testify, just to, for the beginning now, let's make it that they testified Sunday. Let's say Reuven, let's say Reuven stole it on Sunday. That's the story. Reuven shechted it on Monday. On Tuesday, they testify that Reuven stole it on Sunday. 
And then on the next day, on Wednesday, they testified that Reuven shechted it on Monday. And now they became Zoymimim, the next day, on Thursday. But what, what did they become Zoymimim for first? Answers the Gemara. It must be, and we read this in Rashi when we learned it yesterday, that the Hazama was first on their testimony regarding Tvicha. Now it works. And then they became Muslim that they were also liars when they said Reuven stole it. But only, but the Gemara asked, that doesn't fully answer the question. Now, hold cup, this is fantastic. Soif, soif, at the end of the day, ki hadri bitazmi agneva. The Mishnah did give the case that at the end they became Muslim for everything. So I got it. First they were Muslim for the, for the Shechita. But then the next day they were Muslim that when they said that Reuven stole, they weren't even there to see it. Now that we find out that they were Muslim on the Geneva, according to Abaya that aids Zoymim Lumafreyo Nifso, so now we discovered that when they already came to say that the guy stole, they were liars. So now we discovered that when they came the next day to say that Reuven slaughtered, they were already non-kosher witnesses. So again the question goes back, it becomes revealed the Chi is Adu. Atvicha, they were already psulim. So amai nishalmi atvicha. Why would they have to pay for tvicha? Answers the Gemara using an unusual expression for an answer. That vehilchasa, the halacha is takets the halacha. Like we said, hilchasa kabaya vial kigam. But it means the answer is shehiidu bebas achas. The Mishnah can only be speaking about, not only as we'll speak out on Ashi, that first they mentioned the Aiden become Mzayimim for the Tvicha, and then for the Geneva, but when they came to testify in court to begin with, they didn't come like we gave out before in two separate days, that they came Tuesday to say that Reuven shechted on Sunday, and then they came on Wednesday to say that he slaughtered it on Monday. When the Aiden came to court, they gave both testimonies, the Bas Achas together, and as let's read Nashi, not only did they give it together, but they said, of saying, Reuven stole, even if Reuven stole and shechted on two different days, but the witnesses, they testified regarding both of these acts, mamish bebasachas, hey Bezdin, Reuven stole, and then he shechted. And they said the words, and then he shechted, within the window of time that it takes one to say, as we'll learn today, God willing, and Dafayim Gimel Ahmed Beis, Shalom Alecha Rabbi, Shalom Alecha Rabbi Yomayri, three or four seconds, within that window, a person has the right to retract their testimony, and now let's read Rashi inside, it's ten lines from the top of the Ahmed, Rashi Divri HaMaschil, Hachi Garsinon, Vihil Chaser Sheo'idu Babas Achas Vuhuzmu, Rashi first says clearly, V'loi Garsinon Vuhuzmu Babas Achas, as we'll, we'll speak this out in a moment. So says Rashid, the case of the Mishnah will only work that they testified mamish at the same time. And therefore, you can't say that now that it became revealed, that when they said Reuven stole, they were lying, which they were. The Torah believes, according to Abaya, the second witnesses, and not retroactively. So we can't say that when they said the next liner, and he also slaughtered, Psulam Hava, they were already disqualified witnesses. It's not true. Why? Because Va'afilu Iyamrin, and we're reading in Rashi, that Limafreya Nifso, since since they said the words that Reuven slaughtered, of saying Reuven stole, 
The witnesses are still qualified witnesses. This is Gavaldic. Let's think about this. The traitor believes the second group of witnesses. When Reuven said the words, when the witnesses, when the first said, said the words to Bezdin, Reuven stole, they're lying. Being that the witnesses themselves could have retracted that false testimony within three or four seconds, so we cannot call the witnesses lying witnesses during those three or four seconds. Because they, their testimony, let's say, is still not complete. Not that it's not complete because, because they finished their statement, but since they have the right to retract it, it's not complete yet. So when they added another detail, important, and he also slaughtered it, even though now we know that the words they Reuven stole is lying words, the witnesses are not disqualified. Now the testimony is, but the witnesses are not psulim. So when they added the words, he also slaughtered it, it's not being said by disqualified witnesses. It wasn't said by disqualifying witnesses. However, Gidon, just to add to what you said, it still must be, Rashi says, I'll say it by heart, that when they became Zoyminim, they first became Muslim for the Tficha. And only later were they Muslim for the Geneva. That still remains. Because aside of the issue of were they qualified witnesses or not, the Mishnah gives a Gavaldic aligner. The Mishnah says, in Ein Geneva, Ein Tficha Mechira. Which means that if they would have become Muslim first for Gneva, if we don't know that they stole it, let's say they're qualified witnesses, who cares? If we don't know that they're Ganovim, that Ruben is a Ganov, then just because we know he slaughtered it, that act will not make him be obligated to pay five times the amount. If I slaughter my animal, I don't know anyone anything. So the order, the sequence of the Hazama remains first Hazama on the Tficha, and only later the Hazama and the Geneva. This answer, beautiful, answers the problem. Yuwabaya says, Now that we discover at the end that they actually, that they lied regarding the Geneva, so you don't have any testimony. So the Gemara says, no, the witnesses were not disqualified even though Lemafreya because they came Bebas Achas, they said Reuven stole and slaughtered. That's the way they said it. Back in the Gemara. That's a good answer. Now says the Gemara, Let us say that the Machlekes Abayi Ravam, whether Eidzomim Lumafreya Nifsel or not, is really a Machlekes Tanoim. And look at this Braisa. The Braisa says, Same cases of our Mishnah. Two witnesses come and say that Reuven stole. And the Haim, Meidim, Oisim, Shatavach, and they also said that Reuven later slaughtered the animal. And then says the Braisa, Bohuzma Alageneva, look at the sequence of the Braisa, they became Zoymimim for the theft. So as we just said, quoting the Mishnah, Im Ein Geneva, Ein Tvicho Mechira. So the din is Eidu Shebatla Mitzasa Batla Kula. Now what happens? What penalty do we give to the Eidim Zoymimim? Halt up. You can't penalize the Eidim to pay the five times for the ox. Right? Mamish, because since eight Zoymim Lumafreyo Nifsel, now that we discovered that he never stole it, so, for the, so their testimony regarding the Tvicha is irrelevant. Now, their testimony for the Geneva would have been relevant, 
when they said Reuven stole based in Paskin, Reuven pay kefil. Now that we discovered that they are Adam Zaymimim, what do we do to the Adam Zaymimim? They have to pay kefil to the accused, to the alleged Ganav to Reuven. Let's read inside the Rashi. But Lakula, Umashalmi kefil. Kefil they have to pay. And now, Buhu, Reuven is Potter. Why is he Potter? Because they keep him the Ligan of Alitavach. Now that we know he didn't steal, so which means his tviha doesn't mean anything. Afilu chazru. So first of all, he doesn't pay anything. Now Reuven, the alleged Ganav, pays kefil. However, says Rashi, even if the witnesses, other witnesses come and say that he slaughtered, even if Beisdin knows from kosher witnesses that he slaughtered, he won't have to pay more than kefil, the witnesses. Because they never would have caused him to pay more than that. Reuven won't have to pay, won't have to pay three. The Edom Zayimim don't have to pay for the other three. So far, so good. Back in the Braise. However, what happens if What happens if they only became Zaymimim for their latter testimony that Reuven slaughtered? But Beisden still knows that Reuven stole. So what's the din? Who, meaning the Ganev, has to pay Tashlumi Kefal. Because the two witnesses that said that he stole, for that they were not Musa. The Haim, meaning the witnesses, Mishalmim Tashlumi Shlesha, they have to pay three. To whom? To Reuven. It's going to be one of those funny cases where Reuven steals and he's going to make money. Yechat, because of the Edom Zaymen. It's not Chayt Niskar, because when he stole, he had no idea that other people will sin on top of his sin. But he's going to have to pay, the, the Ganev has to pay Kefal. The Edom Zaymen have to pay the Ganev three times. So he gave two oxen and he gets three oxen. Comes along Rabbi Yaisi and he says, that when only the testimony of Tvicha was disqualified, the Ganav still has to pay double. How that? That's only Bishtei Eiduyois, when there were two sets of witnesses, as the Gemara is going to clarify, if there's only one set of witness, here we say, in other words, their testimony regarding the Geneva also becomes disqualified. And let's talk this out, explains the Gemara, what does it mean? What is Rabbi Yesi saying? What's the two sets? What's the one set? Meaning, when there were two separate sets. In other words, to groups. And when I end the other option of Rabbi Yaisi, Be'edu Sachas would mean Be'kat Achas with one group, but even the one group are coming to testify not together, it's just the same people, but it's still And on this, and Rabbi is saying that Be'edu Sachas, meaning Be'kat Achas, but still when they first come and tell Beisdin, Reuven stole. And then, Vohadr, the next day, not the Basachas, not together, they say that Beisdin shechted. And this, Rabbi Yaisi is saying, that if they become Zoymimim for their latter testimony that Reuven slaughtered the animal, we say, that their testimony was nullified, and not only nullified, that Rabbi Yossi is saying that we also disqualify their Geneva, even if you go like Abaya, that doesn't make sense. Because Lemafreya Honifsel is only to the point of them lying. So if they came, like we said, on Tuesday, and they said on Tuesday that Reuven stole on Sunday, and then they come on Wednesday, and they say Reuven slaughtered on Monday, 
And then on the next day, they become Zoymimim for their latter testimony. So Limafreya to the latter testimony, they're liars. But it doesn't go back to a day even before that. So why would Rabbi Yaisi say in such a case that we don't even believe the fact that Reuven stole that Bechlal doesn't make sense? It must be that when Rabbi Yaisi was contrasting two Eiduyos versus one Eid, what he meant was, Shtei Eiduyos means Be'edus Achas. It was one set. He's only speaking about one set. What are the two options? One option is Ke'en Shtei Eiduyos. One set that is like two sets, which means, They came at different times. It's almost perfect. That's what Rabbi Yaisi is saying. But if they are one set, meaning, Then, they said, they came on one day, they came on Tuesday, and they said on Tuesday, that Reuven slaughtered, on Sunday and slaughtered on Monday. They said it together. And on this, Rabbi Yaisi is saying that if they become Zoyimimim for any part of their statement, even if they became Zoyimimim only for their second statement, for the, for the, for the, shchita, for the shchita, since the Mafreya Honifso, and they said everything together, think about it. If you say everything together, then both testimonies are viewed as one testimony, one statement. He stole and slaughtered. Dafke because he said it, Toichke Dibur. There's a rule, Eidu Shabbatla Mitzasa, Batla Kula. See, many people confuse it with what we learned before in Rashi. Before in Rashi, we were not speaking about the words that we, they were saying. Before, we were speaking about the people. So the logic was that if they make a statement, and they make another statement, they as people do not become disqualified, because since... Even if they made a lying statement, they had the halachic right to retract it to Kedai Dibur. So they're only labeled liars after Kedai Dibur. That's when we're speaking about whether the Edim are qualified as Edim. Here we're using the Babas, the babas Achas, the Kedai Dibur, for the opposite. Because we're not looking at the people, we're looking at their statement. So if you're going to hold, everyone holds the Mafreyo Nifsel. That's what we're learning. If, Rabbi is saying, if they said both statements, Bebas Achas, being that that's considered one statement, and since Eid Zoymim Lumafreyahun Nifsal, that's going to be Shitas Rabbi Yaisi, even if they only become Zoymimim for their latter statement of Tvicha, even the Geneva becomes Muslim because there's no testimony. Now, why would the Tanakhama disagree with that? How could the Kanatama disagree with that? It must be because the Tanakhama does not hold that Eid Zoymim Lumafreyahun Nifsal. He only becomes disqualified from now on. But when they said their testimony, they were, we still consider them honest witnesses. Now, the part of the Tvicha was refuted, but the part for the Geneva was not refuted, so they have to pay Kefal. So the Ganef has to pay Kefal. In other words, Loi, then they would not, nothing is accepted. This Avrua and the Gemara, who wanted to say that this is the Machlaikas Abai and Rava, is the Machlaikas Rabbi in the Tanakama. We're going to read inside what we just spoke out. The Kula Almi, everyone holds Everyone accepts the concept that if you make two separate statements, they are viewed halachically as one utterance, as one testimony. That Abanan hold like Rava, that only and since they only become Adam Zaymimim when they became proven in court to be liars, okay, so we don't accept anymore the testimony regarding the tfiha, and therefore, again, the 
the aided Zoymimim are going to have to pay the alleged Ganef. Not the alleged, we know he's a Ganef. They'll have to pay him three times, but Agneva lay metazmi, and therefore lay However, Rabbi Yossi holds like Abaya that Lamafreyo who nifts the first wide line, and Vikivin the Miyat ki is Aduhu de Mipaslei. And since, again, the Psul goes back to the time that they made that utterance, and we consider both statements one halachic testimony is ki itazmulu atvicha. Now that we accept, halacha accepts that they were liars when they spoke about tvicha. So the statement regarding a neighbor is going to be discarded. Why? Because or not. The Gemara says it could be, but there could be another way to explain the machlekes. Amri, they said like this: If the only option of the machlekes is whether lemafreya or not. And everyone indeed holds that then you're right. But I can tell you that there's another way to explain the argument. Maybe everyone holds like Abayah. Everyone holds Edim, Zaymimim, Lemafreya, and Nifsa. However, the Machlech is between Tanakam and the Chachamim is do we accept the concept of to make two separate statements considered one statement? Because if we don't say if a person makes two separate statements, even mamish one after the other, if we don't view them as one utterance, if the person's first said, you stole. Then they said, you shechted. If they are considered two separate statements, even if if what becomes itazum is only their second statement, the first statement still stands. Which will be Shaitas Chachamim. Rabbanan holds turning to Daf Ayin Gimel Amid Beis Laf Kedibur Dami. Yes, lemafreya honifso. But what's lemafreya? Only their second statement. The first statement is a separate statement in which these two witnesses says that he stole. At that second, they were not yet Adam Zaymimim. They only became liars when they made the next statement. But that statement is still truthful. However, Rabbi Yisi Savar, not only does Abayah say it, but that's what the Gemara is saying. Because since halachic Abayah, Biyalkegam. Ah, very good. So Rav, absolutely. No, this did not refute Rava because Rava would say everyone holds Teich Kedibur, and I hold like the Tanakam. Now, asks the Gemara on the topic of Teich Kedibur Kedibur Dami, the Sava Rabbi Yosi Teich Kedibur Kedibur Dami. Does Rabbi Yosi hold of that? According to either interpretation, the Havamin and the Maskana, Rabbi Yosi certainly holds. But the problem is, and this Mishnah is brought many times throughout Shas. This Mishnah is speaking about a din that's based on a Pasuk and Parshas Bichol Kaisai regarding Tamura. We learned this many times together. Tamura means that if I already designated that animal, for example, to be my carbon oil, and then I get another non-consecrated animal, and let's begin with the person who means L'Shem Shemaim. I find even a nicer animal. And I decide, you know what, listen, I'm only going to bring one oil, but I want to give God a nicer gift. So I, am, I make a declaration that the Kedusha of the oil that's consecrated should be exchanged on the other one, on the non-consecrated one. The truth is I forgot what's the order. You have to say it in a certain order. 
Maybe the order is the opposite. You go to the non-consecrated animal and you say that this new non-consecrated animal, I think that's the way it works, should be an exchange of that oil. You have two animals in front of you. So the Torah tells you, first of all, don't make that statement. Don't exchange. If you did exchange, what's going to happen is, The original animal stays holy, and the new one becomes holy as well. That's a pasuk. Now, what's, what's the question of this Mishnah? What happens if a person had in front of him, I have in front of me my carbon oila and my carbon shlamim. I have two Kodesh animals, different Kedushas, oila shlamim. I have one new, beautiful, non-consecrated animal. And I make a statement that doesn't work. What happens if I say then, let's read the words in the Mishnah, three lines from the top of the Amit, Harezu tmuras oila, tmuras shlamim. No vav. Not this and that. May this, I think that's the order, may this non-consecrated animal be an exchange for the oila, be an exchange for the shlamim. Now one animal cannot be an oil and a shlamim. There are different karbanais, there are different rules, etc. So what happens? And I said these statements, again, one right after the other. In that window that we call the time that it, that it takes to make a certain declaration, as we'll learn right now in the Gemara. So says the Mishnah, and this is a rule that is based on a principle called when a person makes two statements, we had this a lot in the Dharam together. You can't have it both, so the question one, which statement is the main statement? So you grab the first statement. He said, what sticks? Oila. Simple. However, WAC says, According to the initial understanding, we allow the person to tell you what he meant. We'll see later, it doesn't really mean that. But here, if he intended for both, he wanted it to be a tumor for both. Now this person is an ignoramus. You can't have an animal that's an oil or a shlamim. On the other hand, if that is what he meant, then that is what will happen. Which means this new, non-consecrated animal will be both an oila and a shlamim. Now what do you do with that animal? So Rashi speaks out, then you have to allow the animal to pasture until the animal naturally gets a blemish. Once it gets blemished, you are allowed to redeem it. You sell it for money. That money, you get for that animal $100, $50 of it is an oila, and $50 is a shlamim. That will be Shittas Rabbi Now, why does Rabbi Yaisi allow the person, according to the Havamina here, to tell you what he had in mind? Because it's possible that he had in mind both. Don't think that he had in mind only one. And the question is, is the first one the primary one? Is the second one the primary one? He could have had in mind both. The reason why he made two statements and he put the oil first, it's not because he meant the Iker oil. And if I could still squeeze in a shlamim, that also. No. A person cannot say two things at the same time. So when you want to make two statements, you don't have an option other than saying one word before the other, but it doesn't necessarily mean you meant one more than the other. Now, now says the Gemara, uh, now continues the Mishnah, If a person, however, said first this nun, Kadosh animal should be in exchange for the oil. And Vinimlach, and he changed his mind. And Vahamad Tmura Shlamim. It wasn't that he had in mind to do both. It was that he had in mind oil. Then he changed his mind and he said, No, 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 Tmura Shlamim. 
Then says Rabbi Yisrael, end of statement. Says the Gemara, let's understand, let's analyze this Mishnah. Nimlach, if the, if the Sefer of Rabbi Yisrael is to be taken literally, that he changed his mind and says the Mishnah doesn't work. Pshit, of course it doesn't work. You already consecrated something as an Eulah. You need Rabbi Yisrael to tell you that it doesn't work. And V'omar of Papa to explain that there is a Chiddush in Nimlach. That Nimlach means Betoich Kedei Dibur Nimlach is not that he changed his mind a week later. Nimlach, that if he changed his mind immediately after he said, Tumuras right away he says, no, 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 I want it to be Tumuras And on that, Rabbi Yossi says it doesn't work. So now we have a kasha. So what do we see from our Mishnah? That Rabbi Yossi doesn't hold that Tumuras can change anything. So even though we hold like Abaya, Rabbi Yossi doesn't make sense in the case of the Baraisa that we learned in Amadalov. The end of the day is, if it's two separate statements, because Teich doesn't do anything, then even though they retroactively became liars when they said the testimony on Tvicha, but they were still honest when they said Geneva. So why does Rabbi Yesi disqualify the whole testimony? Answers the Gemara Amri, let me tell you, that Trei Teich Dibur Havi, there are two different Shiyurim in Teich Dibur. One is Kedei She'ilas Talmud Larav, the time that it takes for a Talmud to greet his master. A Talmud doesn't tell his Rebbe, Shalom, shalom Aleichem, or in the singular, Shalom Alecha. It's not respectful, he's your teacher. He has to add more. Now here we have the Machlekes Babli Yerushalmi. In Yerushalmi, Teich Dibur is the time that it takes a Talmud to tell the Rav, Shalom Alecha Rebbe. In the Babli, it's another word. Shalom Alecha Rebbe Yumayri. This is it. Chad Kedei She'ilas Harav Talmud. The other Teich Dibur is the time that it takes a Rav to greet a student, which is Tam Shalom Alecha. Speaks out to Gemara. Ki leis leil Rav Yosi Kedei She'ilas Talmud. Ki leis leil Rav Yosi that Teich Dibur does something. That's Kedei She'ilas Talmud Larav. In other words, the larger window, the time that it takes a Talmud to greet a Rav, which is Shalom Alecha Rebbe Yumayri. Four seconds, let's say every word one second, that is too big of a window. And that's going to be the case of the Mishnah and Tamura. So if Rabbi Yesi is saying that if a man declares this should be Tamura's Eulah and Nimlach, when Nimlach, by the third second Nimlach, says Rabbi Yesi, that doesn't work. However, since the Nafish, it's very long. But Kedei She'ila Sarav Talmud. But in the shorter amount of time, the time that it takes a Rav to greet the Talmud, which is only saying two words, Shalom Alecha, which will be the case of the Brais and the Fa'in Gimalam and Aleph, there is lay. Rabbi Yesi does hold that you could change your mind, which then would mean two statements, and that two seconds is considered one utterance, and since it's considered one testimony, so now that we say, we, we apply the concept, Eidus, Shabbat Shabbat Lakula. And let's quickly read inside the third trace on top of the Amid that now clarifies the Mishnah and Tamura. So now let's understand that in the Mishnah and Tamura, we're speaking about the Teich Kedai Dibur Gadol, the larger Teich Kedai Dibur. And the Kivim, the Teich Kedai Dibur Katan, Islay, the Teich Kedai Dibur Leslay. Nira, let's now interpret that Nimlach, in Lakach Neschaven, or Nimlach, doesn't mean the way we learned initially, that you ask the man who made Temura, what did you mean? Doesn't mean that, explains Teisus. Nira, the Teich Nedibur Gadol, ain't moil klum, afilu lefarash devarav. 
that if a man says Hadezu Tumuras Oila and count now three seconds, Shalim Olacharebi, before the word mighty, he says Tumuras Shlamim, even if he says that I Lachatchila meant for both, you don't accept it. He says to Shlamim, to have a Even if he meant to do both, what you meant doesn't mean anything. If a large amount of time passed, which is let's say three seconds, it's a second statement. It's a separate issue. So you don't have the right to clarify what you meant. And when the Braisa says in the Seifa that Nimlach, we don't even ask you what you meant. If a person, the little one, says, no matter what you meant, it becomes both. Because it's considered one statement. You said, it's both. And again, what do you do with both? You wait until it gets a blemish, and then you sell it. Fantastic. The case of the Zaymim, yes, the case of the Zaymim was that not only is everything the Kat'achas, but it's Kat'achas like a Kat'achas. It's it's all one set. Let me speak it out. The one set comes and says, Reuven stole and slaughtered. Mamish like that. Stole and slaughtered. Or even if they said, he stole on Sunday and slaughtered on Monday. They said it all within two seconds. Being that Rabbi Yesi holds that that means it's one statement, even if they only became Muslim for the second part of that statement, for the slaughtering, it's, it, it's considered that their statement became a lying statement. So in Ein Geneva, Ein Tvichomachira, the whole thing becomes knocked off. In other words, and the alleged Reuven doesn't even have to pay careful. The Valdik. Okay. Had he had the bigger space, then, like the Gemara says, Mehechetes Aich, even though Lamafreya Hunifso, what became disqualified their second statement the first statement is still standing and then you have this novelty the gavaldic that Reuven that we know is a ganav will pay the victim kefal the Eden Zoyimimim paid to Reuven the three because they lied on the Tvichel Mechira Geneva was there there was no Tvicha so he, the, Reuven is going to end up with one ox okay yeah, 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 yeah. That's exactly what Rabbi Yossi says. Yes, very good. Now, moving on. Now, really, as we'll have time, especially yesterday, we explained that Eber, quoting his father, explaining the, the, the real underlying argument throughout the whole Shas between Abai and Rava, as we spoke out, that Rava is connected to the concept of Makiv Hakorev and Abaya to Makiv Harachik, based on the story. In Barachas, Daf Memches, we'll speak this out again at the end, hopefully if we'll have time. So let's move on to another very important Machlaikas between Abai and Rav. Let's start. Says the Gemara by the two dots. Omar Rav. Eidim shehuk chashu ulubasoyv huzimu. And as Rashi gives the example, two Eidim come today and they say, Ruven murdered Shimon. God forbid. But again, when they give testimony, they have to give, they, they are interrogated. Yeah, where, what, who. So they ended up having to say that we saw that on Monday, 6 a.m., Reuven killed Shimon. That's what set number one said. The next day comes set number two. Set number two, do not tell Beisden that the Edim were with us in a different place. Not yet. They tell Beisden, set number one said Reuven murdered Shimon. Monday morning, 6 a.m., 
They tell Bezdin, Reuven did not murder Shimon Monday morning 6 a.m. They contradict the testimony of the first group. Edim hamakhishim zedzeh. Now, what does Bezdin do? We're going to see now, really, there's two ways of looking at it. Either they both completely cancel each other out, or they are both standing, but since they are saying things that contradict each other, Bezdin leaves things the way they are. On the next day comes set number three. And they tell Bezdin, listen, aside of the fact that they were already contradicted by set number two, they tell Bezdin, the witnesses, the first group, were with us in New York Monday morning, 6 a.m. What did we learn on Ahmed Aleph? For Adam Zayimim to become Adam Zayimim, they have to be, they have to be qualified people that gave a qualified testimony upon which Bezdin would have executed Reuven. Now that they become Adam Zayimim, we do to the Adam what they wanted to do to Reuven. Over here, by the time that they became Adam Zayimim, anyways, Bezdin was not listening to them. Because it was already Adam Hamakrishim Zedzeh. So do we say that we will still do to them what they wanted to do? Now Rashi points out something very important, and we'll learn this more in Masech Damakis. That when they came on Sunday, the first set, and they said Reuven killed Shimon, don't forget that if Bezdin did not yet give the verdict that, the, that Reuven has to get killed, we will never kill the Adam. We only do to the Adam what they wanted to do if Bezdin already gave the ruling. But that was the case. So they came Sunday, and they tell Bezdin on Sunday that Reuven killed Shimon. And Bezdin paskind, Reuven is going to get killed. Another detail, they didn't kill Reuven yet. Once the Bezdin actually killed their alleged murderer, as we learn, we learn in Makkah, Kasher Zamam Vulay Kasher Asa. Once it happened already, so to say the sin is even greater, and they don't get off the hook by getting the atonement of getting killed. More on that in Marcus. But they became, they gave a testimony which without the Edom Hamakhishim, they would have become Edom Zaymimim. The only thing is, before they became Edom Zaymimim, they were contradicted by another group of witnesses. So Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Sunday, set number one says Reuven killed Shimon. Monday, set number two says that Reuven did not kill Shimon. No Edom Zaymimim. They contradicted the testimony. And on Tuesday comes set number three and they tell Bezdin, whoa, whoa, set number one said Reuven killed Shimon Monday morning here in L.A. They were not here in L.A. to see it. Says Rava, they still are Edom Zaymimim. That Neheragim. Why? Look at his logic. Because the Hakhashat Chilas Hazamahim. The contradiction is viewed as they are beginning to become Edom Zaymimim. It's not that they're completely knocked off, if we would view Adam Hamak Chisham Zed Zed, that each one knocks the other one out, then they're not, there's no Edus. If there's no Edus here, you can't become Adam Zayimim. The Edus is there. Both testimonies are accepted. Since both testimonies are accepted, Bezdin doesn't kill Reuven because why rely on one, rely on the other. You don't know what to do, leave things as, as, as it is. But the Edus is still there. And as we'll see soon, that Abaya doesn't agree with Rava. Abaya holds that each group knocks the other one out. And therefore Abaya will hold that if on day number three they become Adam Zaymimim, nothing will happen to them. Let's read it in here. Elah, it's only, says Rava, Shulay Nigmara. It's only that we didn't finalize their becoming Zaymimim. And Amar Rava says, Rava, I mean Allah, let me tell you from where I'll prove to you that Hakhasha Tchilas Azama. The time you learned in Abraham, so this is not so good. May Idani the Ishploini. Two witnesses say, 
We testify regarding so-and-so who owned a slave. The Torah tells us that if a master mutilates his Evet Knani, the examples the Torah gives is the eye or the tooth. Really, it goes to all of the 24 tips of exposed limbs. Let's speak about the eye and the tooth. They say that He blinded the eye of his Evet Kanani. That makes the Evet Kanani free. And then the two witnesses add, and afterwards, he knocked out his tooth. Now, if I knock out a tooth of a free man, I have to pay him for the damage. Being that they're testifying that the rabbi, the original rabbi, both Sima as Enoi in this sequence, and then Hippel their testimony would do two things. The Evid would become free, and now the Odin is high to pay for the ex-Evid, the May Shinoi. Good. Let's say a tooth is worth $10, and an eye is worth $100. Okay. And as the Braisa words that have to be interpreted. The rabbi is happy with this statement. How can that be? The rabbi is losing a slave and owes him $10. But the rabbi is happy with the statement. And then, says the Braisa, this said becomes Adam Zaymimim. So says the Braisa, if we wouldn't read it inside, based on what I just said, what would happen? What would happen? They would have to pay the rabbi the value of the Evid, because based on their false testimony, the Evid became free. And on top of that, they would have to pay the rabbi $10. But look what the Braisa says. That's it. You knock out the eye, free. Knock out the tooth. Okay, now, Mishalmim Demei Ayin La Evid. Says the Braisa, the Edom Zoyimimim have to pay $10 to the Evid. Mamish doesn't make sense. Ask the Gemara, hey, Chidomi, what are you talking about? If there is no big piece missing in this Braisa, if it is simply as it was stated, which is the Leka Katachrina, there was no other group involved, says the Gemara, I have three questions. Question number one, the Edom Zoyimimim have to pay money to the Evid. After they set a testimony that gave him his own freedom. They owe him money. Doesn't make sense. Question number two. Them being Edom should make them have to pay the rabbi the value of the Evid. Because they lied. They said, no matter what sequence, but in this sequence, that the rabbi blinded his eye, which means he's free. Really, he's a lying witness. Really, the, the Evid is not free. They were going to cause the, the rabbi to lose an Evid. And number three, how do you explain Shaharei Rabbi Oymer Kain? That the rabbi likes what they said. Harav Is the rab happy with such a testimony? He's losing his Evid. Elolav says, Rav, it must be that the Braith is speaking about a case that before the story that was recorded, there were other two Edim that came with a different story. As the Gemara is going to say, Kegoin, the Osu Beitrei. These two this pre-story story is not recorded in the Braisa. First, two people come to Beisden. And what do they say? They say that the master first knocked out his tooth, which means the Evid is free. And then Simas Enoi. And then he blinded his eye. So as I said, let's say an eye cost $100. So this first testimony would cause two. Evid free. The rabbi owns the Evid. $100. And now the Braisa begins. And now the Braisa begins with group number two. 
Now comes the middle group, the second group. We're calling it the middle because later they became Zoyman. The Omri, and they say, nah. Yeah, of course the master knocked out his eye and his tooth, but you gave the wrong order. First he blinded his eye, and then he knocked out his tooth. Now, now you understand why the Braissa says that the master is happy with his version. No, it's according to both versions, he lost his Zevit. The only question is, does he owe him $10 or does he owe him $100? Well, if he became freed through the eye, then he doesn't have to pay for the eye. The penalty is free. He only has to pay him for the tooth. So that's the meaning. So now... Well, yeah. No, no, no. Wait. Now the kamakchishalei kamoylamitzoi. What do we have here? Says Rava, Adam hamakchishim zedzeh. Right? I mean, yes, there is a commonality between the first and the second. Both agree that he's free. The only question is, what does he owe him? But really, what happened? So Bezim doesn't know. Now, if we're going to view that Adam hamakchishim zedzeh means that they're both completely knocked out there is no testimony, then they cannot become Edom Zoyimimim. But what happened later? They became Zoyimimim. Vahainu, and now explains the Gemara, Sharei Rav, Oymer Kain, the Rav likes the Mitziyoi, because the Nichalibimai the Kamar, he likes what they said, he only owes him $10 for the tooth. And nevertheless, it says in the Brayse, Viktani v'nimtsu Zoyimimim, if later, next day, a third set comes, and makes the middle set into Zoyimimim, what does the Brayse Paskin? Mishalmim demei ayin le'evid. Halkop. They don't have to pay anything to the master. Why not? Because they, with their lies, did not cause a slave to become free. The slave would become free anyway. Because we had a prior group that said, first tooth and then eye. So their lie did not cause anything other than instead of the Rav having to pay a hundred dollars, the Rav has to pay $10. So the Ebed would have lost how much money? $90. That is what they have to pay the Ebed. That Mishalmim Ayin La Ebed. The Me'idi says clearly they don't pay the whole tooth. They don't, don't pay the whole eye. They pay the difference between the tooth and the eye. So Shmamino, the bottom, the fact that the Mitzioi could become Edom Zlemimim is Shmamino. That must be the case of the Baraisa. That there were three sets. Set number one. Set number two is being contradicted with set number one. Set number one is also being contradicted with set number one. And the Braissa says that after you had an Akasha, you can have an Azama. Perfect. Comes along the Gemara, and Abaya, as we spoke out, Abaya disagrees with the Soldin of Rav, of Rava. Abaya says that Akasha is not Chilas Azama. If Edim, Makhishim, Zedzeh happened, then neither of them can become Zoyimimim. Because they were completely knocked out. You can't, make Edom that are already disqualified into Edom Zoyimim. Loi, that's not the case. There were not three sets. Now what were there? There were only two sets. However, set number one is the set that the Braissa recorded. They come to Bezden and they say in the sequence that the Rav blinded his eye and the Rav then knocked out his tooth. And they had three questions. So it says, Abaye, the Afhinu Azminu. That the second set both contradicted the first set and they made him into Adam Zoyimimim. Let's read inside the Rashi. Yeah, you see that it's probably 12, 13 lines above the bottom of the Amid. Says Rashi, had there been, like Rav explains, 
two separate sets which contradicted each other. Shuvein kachlish is mazimasam. You wouldn't have Adam zaymimim. Clearly, that's what Rashi is explaining that Abaye disagrees with Rav. Vahache kishein shom katrishayna. Elohim, there's only one group. I with the kakashalon, you ask three questions. First of all, to may evad they should have to pay that up the whole money of the master of the evad. Look what look how Rashi says it. First, the second group comes and says, Number one, you are saying that you saw the Rav blinding his eye and knocking out his tooth. You were not even there to see it. You were with us. You're Zaymanin. However, the second group also adds, the truth is that we know that on another day the Evan did get injured by the Rav. But they changed the sequence. Ella b'yoyim achar hava and v'ibcha hava. So now, now, Edim, they became Muzam. Now that they become Muzam, they don't, the Edim, the first group, they don't have to pay to the rabbi, the Mayavid, because the second group is also agreeing that the guy is free. It's the same thing. The only difference is, is that the first group who gave the sequence of Ayin and then Shane would have had the rabbi pay the Evid only the $10 for the Shane. First they become Zoyimimim. And now we have a different story. Ah, so here it makes sense. Now, more details to be continued tomorrow, but I just want to finish reading it inside. Mimai and Abai is going to say, and how do I know that you only had two groups, not three groups? Because me, the Sefer, Daf Ayin Dalid, Ben Meipach Vahazana, and we'll learn the Sefer, God willing, tomorrow, that there was a case of the Sefer, which clearly is that there was one set that said A, and set number two told based in number one, that set were not there, and number two, the story was the opposite. Now, just to finish what we, what we spoke out at the end of yesterday's year, yeah, since the Sefer is only two sets, the Reisha is two sets. We have to see the Sefer and see why the Sefer is only two sets, not three sets. Just to say the following, going back to this concept, that, that Abaya, why would we say by Adam HaMakhishim Zedzeh that the testimony is completely knocked out? Why would we say it? And Abaya is saying that they are completely knocked out. Same logic we said yesterday. We explained yesterday that when you use the logic of Makayv, Hakarayv, you only view the details of what the witnesses said. You don't look at what their testimony implies as well. Looking at what something implies is when you look at the big picture. We also spoke out yesterday that if group number two testifies in the goof of the Adam, if two witnesses come to court and they say that those people are robbers, it's not a Chiddush that you believe the second group. Since Ein Adam Meyed al so if someone's persona is challenged, being told by Bezdem that that person is not kosher, we believe that. When two witnesses say Reuven killed Shimon, two other witnesses say Reuven did not kill Shimon, they are speaking about Reuven. But what does their testimony imply? Each one is implying that the other ones are liars. So Abayavaita, since he's in the level of Makif HaRachayk, he accepts, it's as if they said that. So they talk and disqualified each other. And if two witnesses disqualify each other, you don't have testimony. If you don't have testimony, how can a non-testimony become Muslim? Rava doesn't look at what words of witnesses imply. He's closer, he looks at the detail with greater focus. You only look at what they said. Two witnesses says Reuven killed Shimon. Two witnesses say Reuven did not kill Shimon. The Adam are kosher Adam. 
Each testimony stands. Bazin can't do anything with it because Bazin is hearing a contradiction, so they leave everything the way it is. So since the testimony is still kosher, the edim are still kosher, so he can afford to say that there is later a possibility for Hazama to be continued tomorrow.